Can you hear me? Can I stop making noises? All right. Three, two, one. Look at that time lag. It's about a little more than 100 milliseconds. Three, (laughs) 20. It's It's got farm delay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did a internet speed test here when, when we got here and the ping was like 600 milliseconds or something. <laughs> I don't know how to convert that to freedom units. It's like, just send a, a pigeon. It'll be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the download rate was all right, but yeah, super slow. Uh, where are we? Well, thanks for accommodating my sleep mm-hmm. in with a time delay. Sorry about that. It was like five minutes, and we're both pretty prompt at this, surprisingly. And I was like, there's something with the farm. You either didn't make it, which you sent me a photo, so I knew you made it, or, you know, something else happened. And I was like, I bet it's a time thing, or like, you just maybe had a really uh, late night. Mm, no, just one hour difference. How How is your trip to the, how, how many kilometers are you away Roughly, I am about two thousand two hundred kilometers from home, and it's kind of hot and humid as expected. But the weather's been okay. hasn't We've been up here three days now, and it's it's okay. It's pretty comfy. Um, I think the the road we we're about sixty kilometers from the nearest or uh, pub. Whoa. That's the nearest like sign of life, as far as I'm aware. All right, for all the um, Americans, he is 1,367 miles or 37 miles from a pub. I had to do the little math there. <laughs> That's a long drive. Did you drive that that whole way? No, nah, we flew. I was going to say most of it and drove dang. the last. Flew and then drove for about I don't know five hours or something. Australia is so yeah. deceptively yeah. sized. It always seems enormous to mm. me. And then it's even more enormous than I think it is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty huge. Well, it's just, yeah, it's really spread out up here, particularly. Yeah. Um, like the property we're on, I think. I was looking, I was trying to decipher the map yesterday. I think one fence line's maybe 15 or 20 kilometers uh, down on the short side of the property. Wow. It's huge. They got crazy. they got one of the vehicles bogged yesterday in the creek. Had to do a little rescue mission. <laughs> and you just like drive out away from the house into into the landscape. And like at a certain point when you're still on the property, the two way radio reception runs out and there's no phone reception here, so you're kind of just like <laughs> you're out of range fully. Holy crap. That's wild. Mm. Huh. How I hear birds. It's, it's joyous in that way. Yeah. Dawn is coming. Uh, how are you? Yeah, doing okay. I've been having a really hard time just focusing mm. on what I need to focus on, but that's kind of mm. off and on always a problem for me, and I think the last few weeks have been worse than normal, but overall in a decent mental state, I'd say. Yeah. Just working on things I shouldn't, you know, like trying to stay on the things mm-hmm. I should be working on. Not like screwing around and playing PlayStation, but like just working on you, website stuff or, you know, not like... Developing games as well. 
Yeah. No, no. But I, I'm curious to see about your hear about your game development. Mm. Yeah, and I can relate to that sense as well. I think I'm in a similar state of just not being particularly well focused this year so far. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. What should you be working on? In your oh, mind? the pedestals. Like, I work yeah. on them every day. It's not like I'm just like screwing around. It's mostly the just difficult. I don't know. They're not even difficult making decisions about like how things should you know, end up in the end. And like, if there's bigger changes to be had, nothing that affects customers. It's like how we make it more efficiently or, you know, like the latest was we went from six millimeter pin, uh, pins to five millimeter pins, which is not a big deal. They made it more efficient. You don't need two drills when you're drilling into the table. You just need one from yeah. doing that, which is a nice change. So that was an easy decision. But then I was like, oh wait, you can actually do this other thing where you take two pins out and make it, you know, join the riser, the base and the table at the same time. So then the problem became those got more expensive, over two and a half times more expensive for those pins. And I used undersized pins and drilling standard, then those are expensive. So if you standard pins, undersized pins, they're cheaper, so you have to make an hole. So I was like, just shifting weird little finite details around yeah, and yeah, yeah. getting those tools and sourcing the pins and just a lot of tedium but like in the end it will make for like it's you know instead of needing multiple sizes or something we just have one less of them just needing to decide on that stuff and then also like make it all work and so it's it's closer yet but yeah i don't know yeah regular product design yeah. Conundrums. Yeah. I think we'll it's just speed that, that part like, up. <laughs> Nobody cares. It's just No, but it's still part of it. Like Yeah. It's part of product design design and development, right? Like Yeah. It's interesting. I, hope so. I wonder what the distinction is, but <laughs> yes. But like what I wonder what the distinction is between elements of that process which you might describe as tedium and elements of that process which are like the tinkering that we both enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, well, that's interesting to get into a more, well, just another topic related to that that I had written down is that in the last few months, roughly six weeks, I'd done so much just like every day come in and I guess do none of the like thing that I like, right? The R&D, the new things, the mm. making new things or finding out ways to make new things is mostly just like solving hard problems that or trying to make enough money. Just simply like straightforward things for so yeah. long. And this stupid little home project I needed to do one morning, I just was like, all right, I'm going to do that for my R&D time when I get here. Just, it was like the simplest thing, but I, I came away realizing once again, like how important that is for me to like just do something mm. that isn't, it's almost like it feels like it's the wrong thing to do, but it like feels so right getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> is it yeah what about it is it the playful like the sort of unaccountable factor or why no why I, do, I definitely it's think it's like, it's it just not directly it's probably mm. might pass my history of too many things that never turned into a product or something that we could sell that is just exploration maybe feels like that or something I don't know or whenever like money is tight it feels like or not coming in as much as you want, it feels like I need to work on solving that, not toying around with a new thing. But then it's like a morale boost for myself in a weird way to 
to like get mm, to do that. Totally. So that was nice. Yeah, I think for me when I'm in that space, it's like the it's kind of getting a bit of time that feels unaccountable to those pressures of like making money or revenue or it's yeah, it's finding something to do that's a little bit external, like related, but also not yeah, it's not a sort of critical driver to making a sale or solving a client problem or even solving a product problem. Yeah, it's kind of fits more into the play space. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Same for me. Like I just need need it to continue to feel good about my practice, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I mean, there's no, like, I, I wouldn't say it feels selfish necessarily, but, you know, there's... I've known that forever that it's if I don't feel a drive towards something like it's not enjoyable or interesting to me then I suck at it usually like I just like don't follow through <laughs> I don't I don't know what that is that's not good but that's why I always say I'd be a terrible employee so hopefully if I ever need a job nobody listens to this if I seem interested then that's a good sign there's a 40 hour resume just here just in a gym. 40 hours of resume. 40 and why show. Are we not hireable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 40 the show. <laughs> this podcast proves why we're not hireable. <laughs> I, have a, I, I think about that from time to time. Do you? Like, what would I do? Like, if I was going to go and apply for a job, mm-hmm. where would it be? What sort of mm-hmm. way? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah, I well, I think I told you when we came back from the beginning of the year that through that holiday time, I think I had the closest just feeling of need to mm-hmm. like reconsider everything. And I did for the first time and I, since I started the CNC thing. Literally, like, what else would I do? And really didn't mm-hmm. want to. Like, it wasn't good, but just just for the it just been so stressful and just things like didn't feel like they were going well. And so I was just like, and mostly you know conversations with. Aaron, all right, well, what would it be? What else would you do? Would make you happy? And I'm not going to say them because I still, someday, they may be useful. But as of right now, I'm not going anywhere. Business isn't going anywhere. We're doing pretty well. (laughs) And we got, I guess, on good news, one of our best clients ever is basically back for, could be one to two years probably of part making. And that was really good news because... Yeah, they're like our best client ever. So that's good. Yeah, are they router parts or mill parts? Yep, router parts. It's pretty simple yep. plywood parts. Excellent. That's good. Yeah, for sure. I haven't been making much at all this week, obviously, but I do have everyone at home working away, which is excellent. And mm-hmm. just, yeah, I know, grateful for my team, I guess, of yeah. being able to step away for a couple of days and have things stick along. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And uh, the Laura's brother, who we're visiting at, his family up here, he's got a, he's quite a, he's a farmer, but quite a talented, I don't think, I don't know if you'd like me describing him as a farmer. I don't know what he'd call himself. Um, but he's quite a talented metal worker, sort of agricultural fabricator. Um, and he's got, you know, there's, <laughs> there's so many vehicles up here. There's like, 
huge bulldozers and trucks everywhere you look. But he's he's just finished working on this big sort of cattle box thing that sits on top of a semi-trailer truck. Yeah. And I was admiring or walking around it, admiring his welding work the other day and just looking at how straight and true it all is for something that was built up in the air on the back of a truck. But I realised when I got up here that I wanted to take some, do some long exposure photos mm. in the evenings and over, mm-hmm. overnight. And, but I didn't have a tripod, so we dug around and found an old sort of laser level tripod base. And then I <laughs> did some very, very basic little welding the other the other day, cool. just to make up a little adapter for my camera. But it just kind of reminded me how much I enjoy welding metalwork. Like I still. I have a real soft spot for that process because that's where we sort of start at the business. Yeah. And we, and we don't do it. The business doesn't do it much at all anymore, and I certainly don't do any metal work anymore, but it is. I really enjoy it. Have you done any MIG welding? Yeah, I, I came from a farming community in the Midwest of hmm. uh, the States, and while my family didn't do any of that, I liked shop classes and like woodworking things my grandfather did a little bit and so i it was very agricultural people that did the welding classes Mm. but i was the kind of city boy that that took the welding classes (laughs) was actually pretty good at it and then ended up making a trailer out of that with mig welding so i i was lucky i I appreciated Mm. learning that right away because I wouldn't say I'm great, and it's kind of one of those things I feel like you kind of, you need to do, almost like drawing or something, to like come back and be, mm. make good welds again, like pretty welds anyway. And I've, we have mm-hmm. a welder, and I rarely weld, but it's it's just useful too. Like we don't do it much here, but every once in a while, there's something needed for. Yeah, yeah I enjoy it. It's not, it's really, a I, versus most any other type of making, what's so satisfying to me, which I'm sure other people can relate to. You can make this kind of like, even if it's messy, as long as it's like functionally attached between two pieces, you can just get rid of all the mess, grind it away, polish it, and it just looks like two pieces like are perfectly stuck together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very much become a sort of maintenance tool for us, I think, back at work. And we've talked pretty seriously about just packing up all the space that the welding bay uses in the workshop and just really break it down to just a maintenance function. Um, maybe free up space for another machine there mm-hmm. in the future. But yeah, you I don't still have the... ever get rid of it just because of that. That hot glue maintenance function is super handy. Hot, hot glue. Hot, hot. Do you still have the plasma table? No, we sort of broke that down and sold off the parts when we moved to Castlemaine. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Too, too messy. And then my other distraction up here, other than photos, which has been really nice to get a bit of focused photo time, no pun intended, has been thinking about the Kitaparts configurator. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh posed, posed a question to chat GPT last week of like, could we build blah, blah, blah in Unity, which is one of these game-building platforms, much yep. like Unreal Engine, I think a compet- competitor of Unreal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ChatGPT came back and said, yes, that all looks possible, blah, blah, blah. 
you'll be able to have a web interface using this sort of code. And, and um, so I thought that was a very intriguing idea because we haven't, we still haven't started with any developers on the, the actual mm-hmm. configurator build. And anyway, so I downloaded it before I left and I've had a little bit of a play while I'm up here with this Unity game building platform. And I think I just keep running into roadblocks where I don't, I can't code. And whenever I look at blocks of code, I'm like, oh, too hard. <laughs> don't yeah. understand what's going on here. So it is kind of a little, it is a little bit drag and drop, which is more my style. But every time you, you're basically dragging blocks of code onto objects and sort of assigning functions to them. And that's where I run into difficulty. So. I was hmm. sitting there the other day. I was like, why don't I just like post a, like a mini brief to Fiverr mm-hmm. and see if I can get someone to build, like just not just prototype the function, the functionality. Mm-hmm. And so I went looking for 2D game developers on Fiverr and sort of posted a few little mini briefs and everyone came back saying not interested, <laughs> which was annoying because I really just wanted to just test whether like I'm sure it's possible the fun, it's a very simple function but I just wanted to summon to sort of flesh out the bones of that like drag and drop sort of having a palette of parts and just drag and drop and having that snapping function of the yeah. thing onto a screen but yeah. I think it's still got legs any Been any reasons why people were it, but no not, none of them gave reasons I don't know if it was too busy too hard or just like not not enough of a game for them to be interested. I think there's quite a few people on there who are just trying to sort of gain experience, I think. Yeah. Maybe build up a folio and this didn't didn't look like something they wanted to do, but I feel like Fiverr screwed themselves by their name because I yeah, originally I feel like it had to be five dollars. Or something like that. Or that's my interpretation of how it started. And I think it's changed significantly. But I've never looked at it seriously because I don't want to pay only $5 for something. I just feel like there's no way it's going to get the right amount of like professionalism yeah. or something. And I know that's not true. But it, there's this weird like lingering that's feeling. Funny. So I've... And like Saunders and always talks about Upwork. So I've posted one thing on Upwork and got a few things. It was like a website development thing a long time ago i don't remember but i never followed through on any of it but i, I was just going to suggest that basically i feel like upwork mm. may be another version of that so yeah cool. you might find I'll have a go at re- reposting the same yeah thing there see if i get any bites also i, I know you could i'm pretty position sure jay go for oh, it oh there's that 600 millisecond come <laughs> <laughs> oh, good mm. Um, I know. I know. Yeah. Jay threw up like the full kit of parts brief on Upwork like last oh, really? year, and but it was too. Yeah, it was just too meaty approach. Like it seemed too big at the time. We didn't have any bites for anyone who seems capable of pulling something like that off. But this is just like a little prototyping job. Um, what were you going to say, sir? Um. Well, I was rethinking. So, like the Unity thing. I don't know a lot about it. I remember back when I was in architecture school that I had a classmate who did a bunch of projects using it to basically show 
how your building could work in the game environment. I never uh, had a, I didn't really, I like watched a few of those walk arounds, but I'm just thinking mm-hmm. that while it was maybe initially made for games, that it might be a hard, like if you're just wanting to work on games, you're not going to want to work on a product configurator, but there should be crossover, right? Like of other things, other people's professions that want to come into make money, I guess, right? To help you make your thing. So maybe it's just not phrasing it in the game category or something. I don't know. Mm, Yeah, yeah. So also just that classic thing of like, I love an excuse to learn a new piece of software. Yeah. But it'd be so epically inefficient for me to learn unity and c sharp or whatever it is and then try and like even make the bones of this thing but mm-hmm. that's fully that's what i want to do like I, that would yeah. make me happy like learning new code new software and just yeah. doing that but you know I'd, even just thinking about that i'm like why jam like what a what a stupid use of your time like why would you do that but i don't know we'll see what happened to Jim? Oh, he started his own coding company. He he left like butter. <laughs> he became a developer. Oh, there we go. Yeah. He just makes games now. Yeah. <laughs> a virtual furniture for the metaverse. Mm-hmm. Let's see. A friend asked me if I'd seen this thing going on in the kind of woodworker community in the States here. And I hadn't. I was aware of the product in question and hadn't connected the situation. I guess one post that kind of broke it all open, which we've linked from Union Manufacturing Co., which frankly reads like a ransom note the way it's written. It's a little bit odd and a lot of ellipses and a lot of caps lock. And so it feels like it loses some credibility there, but the message is there, I suppose, that basically... Cat's Moses Tools, which is a fairly well-known YouTube creator, woodworker, Cat's Moses, and he has a tool company Mm -hmm. that he started to make, make tools and resell, you know, woodworking tools. And they've kind of focused on that more and more over the last couple of years. They made a thing called a router plane, which I frankly don't really understand. That's just, I have a CNC router for that reason, but it's a... (laughs) A sexy looking hand tool and it the whole point of this this whole thing here union manufacturing's post is that he believes that cats moses has completely ripped off the veritas router plane by lee valley and union manufacturing co writing the post also makes tools and so they're wanting to call out this situation that they don't believe it's right uh, to copy somebody's product and that nobody was saying anything about it, that we were just letting this go on. I wasn't really aware all right. of the other one, but when you look at them side by side, they're pretty dang close. I think similar to our conversations in the past, there's an open letter from the founder of Lee Valley that basically says kind of what you and I have talked about is it's really expensive to have patents and I guess that's where what I was reading into anyway. And 
So we would rather mm-hmm. keep working on new products than to worry about dealing with loss, basically, is how he phrases it, shrinkage. Yeah, interesting. So That's a cool example. That's an interesting example of this because I feel like a bit of an outsider to that hand tool world. Yeah. And when you sent this to me yesterday, I looked at the photos and I was like, yeah, it's a router plane. I know I've never used a router plane, but I kind of know what they look like. And like I'm unfamiliar enough with the product to be able to look at it and go, oh, it's a router plane. Of course it would be that shape. Like mm. what's what's the issue here? Mm. So I had a bit of that kind of amateur external perspective of like, why is this a problem? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. So Union, it's not Union's tool in question. They're just jumping in to defend Lee Valley and Veritas. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, mm. Whether they're friends or just like do a similar thing, I guess I don't fully understand. I don't follow really any of these companies. Not intentional. Just it's just kind of a little outside. Like we do some very tangential woodworking things. But like my friend that yeah brought it up, Joe, he asked me if I'd seen this, and I was like, actually, no, I don't. But I, I, I relate to it and. It's not a thing we've talked mm. about publicly, but in the last few months, we've had our own bouts of imitations of our products, which has led to mm. different problems. I think we've talked a little bit offline. I'm not going to go into specific things, but uh, it's not a fun process to be like what Lee Valley and Union Manufacturing Co. are talking about is like somebody that. I don't know. I don't think of myself like this, but somebody that creates something that's innovative or new or different. And then the next person has the easy step to go, oh, I could make that a little different and improve on the small, medium flaws that there could be or make it cheaper or something. Mm -hmm. And it's really frustrating to have spent the time and like, you know, you could sit there and go and get patents that likely are just design patents that are really hard to defend because if you change the look of it at all, it's worthless and you've still spent 15 grand on trying to get your patent for two years. So, yeah, we've talked about that. It's yeah. just not, it doesn't feel like at the scale of business that I'm at, especially that it makes sense to go get a patent because it's not like we're dealing with, you know, how email works or something where it's like a huge tech patent <laughs> situation. It's like yeah. the look of a router plane, like, Anyway, yeah, I can relate to Do you know relate to that feeling. As yeah. Yeah, totally. Um has there been a response from Katz Moses? I don't know. In all this? It's a good mm. question. You would think he got called out specifically. He's, he's, a fairly, he's a pretty prolific YouTuber, right? Yeah. He's got hundred and seventeen thousand yeah. Instagram followers. Yeah. I had seen him first on YouTube. Yeah, same. I, I know. I yeah, take him be, to be a pretty well-meaning guy. And there are very different opinions about this kind of thing throughout the world where, like, Chinese people, that in particular, there's a lot of imitation and they don't see it as wrong. It's not a culturally wrong thing to 
yeah. imitate or directly copy a product. And, you yeah. know, in America, it's no. very specifically like we're all about our ownership of intellectual things and want to sue for it. And um, it's very not right to copy things. So maybe they didn't mm. see it as something that, you know, everybody has their own take on it. But that's also interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, that's such an interesting area and obviously I think that cultural stuff, which doesn't seem to be part of the conversation with this Katz Moses situation, but yeah. yeah, it's certainly an interesting part of that whole world and conversation. Mm. Yeah, look, I'm yeah, I haven't had direct experience with this yet, I suppose, but I'm kind of I have anticipation of it. at some point I'm going to run into this personally, professionally mm-hmm. and be at the other end of this situation when something that we've put a lot of love and hard work into gets duplicated in some way and it's not something I'm looking forward to. No. Yeah, having seen you you go through this issue over the last few months, it's yeah, mm-hmm. not a fun time. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of also my consideration of, I mean, the people around me through that situation were kind of just asking me and my wife included, why do you do this? You know, like, this seems so stressful. And I was like, well, I mean, Mm. take out some of these bad situations, these frustrating ones when things are going well and you're not dealing with that kind of thing. It's great. I love the problem solving. I love making things for people that, appreciate them and working with people to make those things like that the daily like just you know in this circumstance the last year or so it's been Ricky Ricky and I just solving problems and making things and that's a very enjoyable like daily life to me like I like that Mm. I would like to add more people to the mix I love the way that different people can change the way something's going with their different interpretations of it like a product or a project but when it yeah. goes wrong it's there's nobody else to like you know we are the ones to figure out those problems i guess so yeah 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 how are your sales tracking very dead since we talked about them going well so they can go up they can mm. go down yeah i don't know weird cycle of the month yeah haven't posted enough i don't know i'm sure like now that I say that tomorrow and the next day it'll be good again. So who knows? It's all over the place. <laughs> yeah, ours are very slow and variable at the moment. Yeah. Slow start to the year. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I'm still feeling optimistic. I think we're just going to have, yeah, our numbers in Jan I think are going to look pretty slow. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll keep pushing. Mm-hmm. See how far we can get. It's just also that, yeah, I think feeling fairly disrupted by, I mean, it's great to be off work for the week, but um, I was kind of back for a week and a half and then off again and yeah, feeling that sort of lack of flow. I, yeah, haven't haven't hit the ground running just yet. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to sort of assign fold to that of like, oh, I haven't, you know, we haven't sort of, hit our stride on marketing yet because of this disruption or like 
I'm not going to finish that video that we need for the ads this week because I'm away or like mm-hmm. I need to sort of get it. I, I'm basically making an excuse. I need to get over that and just do what I can and then kind of get over it and feel okay about the fact that I'm not doing certain things as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, <laughs> just clearly put, clearly put it on next week's list for when I'm back at work instead of this kind of lingering of like lingering feeling of like, I should really be working on that so yeah. that we can, you know, continue to push sales this month. But Back when it worked for my wife and I to travel basically pre pandemic, mm. uh, we haven't had the opportunity since so that stuff feels like it's tidied up, but we used to have a pretty strong belief and we're lucky enough a few times too, that if you took two weeks of vacation, the old saying where if you take a week, the problem will wait for you. If you take two weeks, the they'll figure out how to solve the problem without you. Uh, that's awesome. I like that. And pretty true. I mean, you just, especially if it's like you go somewhere where like you are, right? Or aside from you talking to me, which adds to your connectivity you're just like well i don't have cell phone service so you're gonna have to figure it out (laughs) yeah yeah oh well i should stay away one more week then then everything will be so yeah there you go stay job done definitely Mm -hmm. (laughs) no could you could you handle two weeks on the farm yeah i think i'd get into the swing of it do you help like kind of nice with rhythm. work or do you like what no, is the, what do you do useless. when you're there? They don't even ask for help really. Like <laughs> the 10 year old child is far more useful than us. Yesterday when they had this, they almost lost one of their buggies in the, the flooded Creek and it was in danger of being washed away. And the mum was in that buggy and she was like out, almost out of radio range and, the 10-year-old kid was home alone and we just happened to walk down to their house because we're in a separate building and she was on the two-way to her mum. And then, like, five minutes later, this kid, like, jumps on her motorbike and, like, mm, like disappears up the track, like, with a with a toe strap on her lap. It's like, yeah, we're useless. The children, the farm children will save them. The city folk don't know what to do. Let them sit inside. No. <laughs> Let them sit sit inside and drink their coffee. I, that's um, the weird thing about, I think, I, I don't have, like, farming experience, but I did have truck driving, trailer pulling, boat pulling experience. So, I like, I can drive a trailer and a truck pretty well, like, back it up. And so those kind of things, like, you know, help me out in those circumstances sometimes. I'm like, I get away with, mm. get away with a couple <laughs> <laughs> and they're yeah. like grab this Union horse switching. and you're like what where's the uh, steering wheel <laughs> what's happening in software corner this morning software corner oh you know i just never satisfied jingle. so i started looking into it's a weekend thing actually where i was trying to think of like ah, some of these things just aren't as smooth as i'd like them to be when i started using shopify i was using their like inbox chat thing do you guys use that? Oh, uh, like yeah. Jay just chat. turned that back on. Yep. I go off and on from when I feel like I can handle it because it's usually just me on it, you know? And often they just end up going, like, without answer anyway, so it just turns into a normal, quiet, like, email request. 
So yeah, didn't really matter. And I was just, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I, this is two systems. Why do I have two systems? That's stupid. Like they don't integrate together. So I started looking around like, what else? I, I did this thing every once in a while. What else is out there now? There are new softwares. Hmm. And I found one that I tried out called Tidio that was mostly just chat. But it had the interesting thing about it is it has these bot features so it can like answer questions for you. And I was like, well, that sounds entertaining. Like mm-hmm. for me anyway, I'm sure, you know, if it's useful to the customer, then that's good. And, you know, if you say like, I want to talk to a human, it'll alert me or you know, send a yeah. ticket. I tried that and it's mostly just been frustrating because people that I normally like send Instagram messages with now are getting like bot chats and they're like, what did you get hacked? What's going on? <laughs> so it's not worked very well. And I was like, all right, this probably needs to go away. Just did one more search and I found <laughs> one other one and I was like, well, this is a lot better. And they have ticketing in- in- integrated in a help desk. And I was like, man, this hat kind of had has almost everything I need for like a full replacement of Freshdesk seems useful, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm much more hesitant to switch things like that anymore than I used to be where I would just go like, throw it all out. We're trying something new today. <laughs> but now it's like other people are using it and it's complicated. And so I don't know. It's, I like, it's kind of similar to the thing we were talking about earlier where it's almost like learning something new or I just like to keep playing with different things where I guess I feel like I'm keeping up with new advances in technology or just trying to improve the process because it's still not perfectly smooth by any means the way that like our normal email and customer communication all works. I think it always can be improved. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, it's it's that curiosity that got you to where you are, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and finding some way to hack together like, Airtable to make a CRM, right? Like yeah. that—that that wasn't really like offered. Is it? There, nobody was going, "Hey, you should use this for your CNC business," you know, like in 2017. But it wasn't too hard of a leap. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's so critical. That curiosity and drive to explore new mm-hmm. things. And like you, like you said, just that that checking back in to say, oh, I wonder what's out there now. Like, what's changed in the landscape of this product or offering or problem? Like, so yep. good. It had been. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd kind of looked before, but I I used Freshdesk for NAC back from like 2013 or 12, and so I was like, oh, I'll just use that mm-hmm. for the CNC thing too. That's good. It was it was working. It's also free for how I use it. So that's always nice. And I just finally, it was just like, I don't know. I feel like there's, there could be more out there in 10 years. <laughs> like I should look again and <laughs> yeah. we'll see. It's been, in, it's been fun to play with. So yeah, cool. What's going nice. on with you? What are you going to, what are you going to do? Uh, next few days what am I going to do I'm going to take lots of photos just enjoying taking non-work photographs again having an excuse to shoot outside Mm -hmm. without flashes learn how to use my camera better yeah bits of downtime up here just literally sitting outside in the shade just like going through all the settings on my Fuji and just Mm -hmm. like reassigning 
custom buttons, reassigning shortcuts in yep. Rhino, put on my camera to like make the workflow a bit more efficient. And just <laughs> little funny. things like that have been really pleasing. Stuff that I wouldn't justify the time to do back home. Just like slightly slower, different headspace and just, yeah. We did the um, same thing. Slowly. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were done. No, here you go. It's, I was laughing because I was thinking about I do the same thing. And I remember the last time, I think I remember you going on vacation, you were working on a parametric model of cabinets. <laughs> yeah. It's like the same same kind of exploratory thing to me is like, but it feels like you don't have the time normally to just like, I'm going to re tear down this cabinet model and go start again. Or like learn all the settings of my mm-hmm. camera. Cause it's like, I just need to use the camera. I need to get it done. Is there any exotic wildlife? Mm-hmm. Cause that's always the excitement from a American perspective. Three and a half thousand cows. Mm. Oh, yeah, those. You, don't, you don't see them. They're just like out in the paddock. Um, what do we got? There's not crocodiles in this area, but we're in the we're kind of in the zone of dangerous crocodiles. But apparently mm. they're not where we are, which is good. Like giant, I'm like spiders or anything. I'm sure they're all here. Yeah, I haven't seen any. Thankfully, <laughs> you you all are very casual yeah, about these about. things, and there's literally like subreddits <laughs> about how like. Australia is just a terrifying, terrifying place to the rest of the world. Oh, it is. Yeah, look, no, it's <laughs> everything poisonous lives here. Yeah, It's kind of like how my experience with living in the Midwest was I grew up with, like, thunderstorms all the time through the summer, as well as, like, many tornadoes, which for mm. the rest of the country is terrifying, I found out, but, like... I miss that season now. Like we don't have storms. <laughs> like when I talk about tornadoes or it comes up out here, like it happens so rarely there's a tornado and they're all just like terrified. Like, what did you do? I was like, well, often we'd stand outside and watch them if it was not coming towards us because they're amazing. <laughs> but the rest of the country is like, what, what is wrong with you? Why would you go and hide as far as you could away? Yeah, they're cool. So did you, yeah, well, did you grow up in an environment where you had a bunker like for such things? You always have a basement in kind of the Midwest mm-hmm. because of the frost lines so deep that you just end up building a basement because your foundation needs to be like two-thirds the way to a basement height or halfway down. Yeah, so right. it's like you're barely spending more money and you get double your house size usually. So it's very, yeah. as well as tornadoes, you need a place to go, so... Yeah, pretty common. Mm. It's weird that there aren't basements here to me. There's also a lot more water. Mm. Yeah. Cultural background talk today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. I'll go and continue waking up. I'll leave you to your afternoon. All right. Have a good Have a good time off. Oh, man. Thank you. Have a good rest Bye. of your week. Not much left. But Thanks. Yeah. Cool. Bye. Yep.